The history of television is a history of failure. For every television series that lasted years and years, there were dozens that lasted only one season or less. But did they deserve to die? Or were they... Cancelled too soon? Everybody and welcome back to Cancel Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less. My name is William Bibiani. I'm a critic. Everybody calls me Bibbs. My name is Whitney Seibold. I too am a critic, and I am the best human being imaginable. Second best, because we have a special guest today, and it is none other than the inimitable and effervescent M. Lapis da Silva. Hello there. Welcome back. You look Thank familiar. You. We've had you on before. What? You I've know, talked to I, us before a couple you know, times. You know, I don't know you at all. <laughs> 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 Do I? I'm in your apartment a lot, so maybe you should you know memorize this mm. face. He changed his hair a little. Yeah, it's true. It's it's blue now, but yeah. it, it's actually not only is it blue; it's like blue from a couple weeks ago at this point. So mm. it's like kind it's, of a it's old faded blue, blue. getting a little cotton candy you can, blue. You can yeah. see, yeah, you can see my roots now. It's yeah, yeah, oh, like like bad oh. cotton candy. yeah. The roots are on fire. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm new to dying my hair, so this this will lurk teach myself how to. It cut still it. looks good. Yeah, you should you should you should feel good about who you are. Be happy with your hair. <laughs> yeah, we love cool. you. Cool. Yeah, I'll get I'll, if if I can save up enough money because it's expensive to do. I'll I'll get it touched up before Pride. Nice. Um, well, in any case, yeah, this is canceled too soon. But before we uh, get into our uh, failed television series uh, of the week, uh, we have we have the rare but uh, uh, and yet somehow repeated treat. Of uh, having M. Lapis da Silva on the show. Uh, she's been on the show a few other times, mostly talking about anime. She's a resident animation expert. And uh, we always like to have her on when we talk about animation when I can convince her to watch the show. Because uh, sometimes we watch crap like Drac Pack, and I'm gouging out my eyes, and I wouldn't do that to another human being. So I, I just drift in and out, and, you know, it's better that way. <laughs> It's, it's hard to be married to me. Oh, no. With, when Drac Pack is involved? Oh, come on. I have other interests. <laughs> Plenty of hobbies. And actually, uh, you, we, we have a new enterprise that I have been talking up for a mm-hmm. while, but we haven't had you on to talk about it. Oh, it's true. I make soap now. Yeah. You are, you are what, what, what's your title? The, uh, the Bastard of Soap? Yes, I'm the Bastard of Soap. Thank you. <laughs> Self-proclaimed. Yes. yes. Because uh, in the soap-making world, like everyone's already taken up a lot of the royal titles. Like the Duchess stuff. of Suds and the Yeah, and so, you, you know, know. Prime Minister of I I don't know, but glycerin. It's there's a lot of people and I respect them and what they've done, but also I, you know, I have my own title. You do. Oh, tell tell us about okay. What I love what I love about by the way our soap, our soap company is called Salt Cat Soap. It is, and you can find it on Etsy. Salt Cat Soap is all one word. Search for it. Yay. It's also Salt Cat Soap on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and uh, what I love about how you have brought soap into our lives, in addition to we the, the place smells nice oh, and like everything is really clean. Uh, but uh, to you, soap isn't just like a, a, a bar that you use to clean yourself with. Like you just pick up at a local like Rite Aid or pharmacy, like. 
it's actually art. Well, I really enjoy thinking about it, planning it, and like conceptualizing it. I have I have a background that's kind of really weirdly diverse. I studied film and animation. I have a lot of like art and writing work throughout my long and interesting life so far. And I get to apply all that into designing soap, which is fun. I like to think about conceptually, I don't know. Okay, so for example, doing a an unscented soap recently. And that sounds kind of boring, right? Like just, ah, unscented. You can't add scent to it. But I had fun. You could add like vitamin A rich powders, moringa leaf powder, um, hemp extract, which is really moisturizing and good for the skin, a little goat milk, and you add it together and it's magical. Yeah, and soap can actually like wonderful make... touch of alchemy. Yeah. That's, that's true, actually. It's really it's really exciting to watch her like mix yeah. chemicals and scents and things and just some nude eyes in there. <laughs> no nude eyes yet. Not guaranteed. Not no. guaranteed. But um, it, it, you can also make statements with soap, which I think is exciting. And you've got a couple of bars coming up for uh, for Pride Month. Yeah, we do. I, we have um, we have some bars that we haven't pulled out of molds yet, so I'm a little nervous about them. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm taking some but, pictures. They look really, really cool. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, those are my bisexual crystals. So stay tuned, folks. Did I get them out of the molds okay? We'll find out <laughs> later. Suspense. They look gorgeous, though, and they should be fine. It's just we, they're in like these crystal molds, and they're very tightly packed in there. And mm-hmm. so there's, it's a, there's an element of danger. Yeah, yeah, it's an element of danger, too. Sell them in the molds and have somebody wash with like the open end of the mold, and then they can send the mold back when the, they're done. No. That's <laughs> That's these are our molds. No. <laughs> we, we own them. I They're, like my We know how to make more soaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was a less earth-friendly way to, do, to make soap. Yeah. I said send it back. You can <laughs> use it. Say use up the mold and throw it away. But you can also make geeky soaps. And we have a Father's Day set right now that's really fun, which is a lot of Monty Python-inspired soaps. We do. It has, if you've ever wanted to know what elderberries actually smell like, uh, we have an elderberry shave bar, and, and that actually has the most elderberry scent to it. It was interesting because it has some depth to it where it made me really understand why it was used as a wine fruit. Mm. Um, it's, yeah. it's definitely got more like deep, almost raisin-like qualities to it. Yeah, I was a little surprised at what elderberries actually smelled like. They're nice, yeah. it's just not what I thought they'd smell mm-hmm. like. And it's not bad, like the insult, like, you thought that smelled of elderberries. Like, okay, he smells fine. Yeah. But, smells... like, he smells quite nice, actually. It's just, really pleasant, yeah. yeah. It <laughs> smells a bit like a Merlot, I suppose. It's just yeah. not what I anticipated. Uh, and uh, and we wanted something to pair that with, so uh, this uh, this was my little contribution. I suggested we do a bar that was a shrubbery. Yay. <laughs> so we got this really cool, uh, like, back massager soap bar that is uh, all green, and uh, what, what, what scents are in that? So that has a blend of fragrance oil, so it has an herb garden fragrance oil, but it also has two essential oils, including tea tree oil and clary sage. Great for skin. Very foresty um, yeah. kind of smelling. They're wonderful soaps. Oh, really, really cool. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so uh, we, we don't want to spend the whole episode talking about that, <laughs> although we could. Uh, it's but a soap hour now. You can check them out, and if you're listening to this podcast, like shortly after it comes out, we're having a bit of a sale on some of the items we just talked about over at Salt Cat Soap on Etsy. Uh, and Father's of course, Day sets ten percent off until May thirty first. Yep, they are fancy, and they are for dads who like Monty Python, which in my experience <laughs> is most dads. Um, 
And of course, uh, uh, Michelle has a has a novel that uh, came out late last year. We want to always want to give you a chance to talk about that. My book is called Hooker. If you look for it, you'll probably have to include my name along with the search, which is again M. Lopez de Silva. De Silva. L O P E S D A S I L V A. It is about a bisexual sex worker who hunts a serial killer through the streets of 1980s Los Angeles using hooks as their weapons of choice. And uh, it's got really, really good reviews. Like, if you look up the reviews, they're actually, like, really strong. So uh, we want you to check that out. Uh, You can find that at Barnes & Noble. You can find that on Amazon. But again, Mm -hmm. Hooker, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's um, there's, like, that one musician. Yes. Yes, the so, musician comes up. So, some, and, so, something Lee Hooker. Yeah, and Johnny Lee Hooker. Um, who's the who's the who's the guy? John Lee Hooker. John Lee Hooker. Okay, yeah. John Lee. <laughs> <laughs> when he's like, I don't. We've established that I don't know music. Oh, wait, were we talking right. about that before the podcast started? I don't know anything about. music. We were talking about that before the podcast. I don't know. I don't know music yeah. at all. Please do not be offended. I just don't know music. Um, but uh, in any case, so like, make sure you include her name when you look for it. But um. Yeah, and uh, so that's the, all that stuff is cool. You know what else is cool? Ice? Yes. <laughs> no, yarn that looks like dogs. Ooh. Or maybe it's just dogs that look like yarn. Oh. And there's only one word for that, and that word is... Floppies! On the next Disney Sunday movie, it's a special Disney treat. Floppies to the head! Look out! Let's get out of here! Floppy dogs, brave adventurers from another world who sometimes act like people. You mean you can just open doors and walk right into other worlds? They won't escape this time. Come on, Columbus, we have to help them. The door. Do something, Stanley. It's out of this world fun and adventure with Disney's Floppy Dogs. You get a Floppy, and you get a Floppy, and that's it. We're out of Floppies. We only had two. Well, actually, we only had one. This was a pilot <laughs> that, that uh, didn't really go anywhere. Yeah, I don't um, feel comfortable owning them. Well, not, not after the premise of this show. Um, a little bit of backstory: the Fluffy Dogs from 1986. Yeah. Uh, did I don't? It didn't air on ABC. Uh, I think it did actually. This was animated by Disney, but it was based on a toy uh, owned by Kenner. This was the golden age of animated series that were based on toys like they'd come up with a toy first or concurrently with an animated show and the animated show was meant to sell the toy yeah. um, this was a thanksgiving is, special on november 27th 1986 on abc a, on abc okay yeah that was yeah. that's where it was following the and model we'll, of like he-man and other yeah you know, uh, just mo- and most stuff. of the toys in fact uh, the wuzzles uh yes were uh ran it at the same time as the Fluppies. I think they were also a Kenner toy. And the Wuzzles TV series was directed by the same director as the Fluppies, uh, a guy named Fred Wolf. Who, uh, yeah. Fred Wolf is a pr- has a pretty long career in animation. Yeah. He directed um, uh, he did, The he did, Point, yeah. uh, which oh, yeah. was that uh, the Harry Nelson animated film back in the 60s. Uh, he did Puff the Magic Dragon, the animated mm-hmm. special. Yeah, uh, he, did, uh, he worked on Teenage Ninja Turtles. Uh, worked on James Bond uh, Jr., DuckTales, uh, Strawberry a, Shortcake. Strawberry Shortcake, and he's an Academy Award winner uh, yeah. for the short film The Box. Oh, yeah. He had his own studio as well. He was also like, an assistant animator yeah. on Down and Dirty Duck, 
Don't bother. I haven't seen. <laughs> just don't bother. Seen dirty no, no it's what you do not want to. Yeah, kind of, kind of meaning to get to that and one. And you do not mean to. Right. No. You know, Whitney, it might be your jam. Oh, honestly, I, mean, I, 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 I take love, it back. Whitney's the only one. I, think, I love. I think Whitney filthy sleazy shit. I think so, Whitney yeah. would appreciate Down and Dirty Duck. It is. Not fun. <laughs> no, it's like really painful, but that's the only way Whitney feels alive. Uh, I, I, I don't have any feelings anymore other than wincing and, yeah. and agony. The only way he can feel his nerve endings is if you sear them with a hey. hot, dirty duck. We've all got hot, our own dirty kink. Duck. It's some psychic M&M. That's an M. And I yeah, call yeah, it yeah. M&M. Psychic M&M's. Yeah. I'll take some psychic M&M's. Uh, down and Dirty Duck. If, if you know uh, what we're talking about, Down and Dirty Duck is one of the animated films that came in the wake of Fritz the Cat, where it was basically like... X-rated cartoons. Uh, yeah. the cat, cat was a pretty big hit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they're not sexy. They're just uh, they're they're just bad. <laughs> Most they're, of them are just bad. They're mostly like trying to interrupt the concept of like animation as being family and kid entertainment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so foul language and sex. They're and swinging yeah. the pendulum all the way in the other direction. Yeah, you know? and they just say, here, look at the bathroom, man. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So yeah, th- thanks to Fritz the Cat, Ooh. there was this very, very brief wave of like incredibly filthy feature-length animated features, which you can't find anymore mm-hmm. because they're awful and badly animated and yeah. not funny and, or amusing at all. And um, usually there were like, they they were often involved in like obscenity trials at one point or another or porn- yeah, pornography yeah. charges. So it's like, ah, not, no, nobody's really horny about this, sir. <laughs> like, this it's is not really worth it. Officer, put it down. It's... <laughs> And 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 I think the the makers would agree that those films are indefensible. It's like no, we're we're saying something important. No, actually, we were just trying to be dirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, from there, we got the Fluffy Dogs. Uh, <laughs> Think Fluffies now, folks. Now, yeah. uh, Kenner uh, put out these these toys called the Fluffy Dogs, and they were a lot like the Pound Puppies. They were just uh, stuffies. They were. I, I watched some commercials. They were mostly marketed towards young girls. Um, they look like they're made of yarn. Yeah, that's the, were, that's the were, vibe. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were dog dolls that looked like they were made of yarn, and they looked pretty cuddly. Yeah, very I, cute. I remember seeing them in stores uh, mm-hmm. in 1986. That's the year I turned eight. So I was in toy stores a lot, and I saw them uh, there next to the pound puppies. I didn't know anybody who had one though. Nobody mm-hmm. wanted a fluffy dog, and Kenner decided to. Uh, as was the trend at the time to have a lot of marketing tie-ins to the fluffy dog toys mm-hmm. including like storybooks and audio adventures mm-hmm. uh, they came up with character names for all the different color fluffy dogs and uh, then they also managed to wrangle Disney into doing the animated special now Disney was there only was... just starting to move into the realm of like really quality TV animation mm-hmm. with like stuff like gummy bears um, yeah. DuckTales I think was also before Ar- was, around that time yeah, it was around the same time yeah, yeah. that so, afternoon and, hour and, and, and those cartoons like to be fair like a lot of people remember them largely for like um for the music which was weirdly good mm-hmm. uh, but there were also like really good animation for the time and a lot of them were very well written compared to a lot of the other uh, shows on television so they really stood out yeah and this was also um when you say really good animation i think what you notice mostly is frame rate yeah that's what you're you're mm. instantly uh is appealing as opposed to like um okay so basic quick little frame rate rest lesson uh used to put film through a camera using your arm (laughs) it was it was it was hand cranked it would go it would be run through the the camera at different speeds depending on the arm strength of the camera person yeah Yeah. so one second of time could be however many frames 
long that that person could crank <laughs> consistently. Um, if you go for 24 frames per second, that's was decided in animation that that's usually the average the eye can see pretty well. That's that looks nice to us. Yeah, but it also conserves on film. It like conserves it, on film. Yeah. You can push that to 30. And you start to have even more flowiness, you know, even more. If you go beyond 30, it starts to look like everything's dragging a little through slow motion. It's like there's a smear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, no, the smear is a distinct other That's style. That's different thing, my bad. That's yeah. actually uh, usually drawn or painted on in the cell itself. The oh, smear is deliberate. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, it, it does. It slows things down. It adds more frames into it. We're sort of hyper-aware that there's more information than there was before. Water yeah. and uh, wind moving through things like tend to be on you know 30 frames or, or more frames, okay? Mm. You tend to starve frames or take away frames in things like the Flintstones, okay? Where it's very noticeably... There's like four drawings per yeah. second. Fred's yeah, just standing there. Like, we don't need to make him move around the entire time. Yeah, he can just move his mouth. You can just have it be nothing going on, maybe a blink every once in a while. There you yeah. go. And that might be like on eight frames per second or something yeah. when they really kick up to speed. Yeah. Hanna-Barbera Hanna Barbera has a lot to answer for in the frame rate community. <laughs> well, they, they, we, we've talked about this before. Hanna-Barbera pioneered what they called limited animation. Yeah. And, and they would design characters from the start so that they wouldn't have to be animated too elaborately. Yeah. Yeah. So that they could produce the, yeah, more yeah, shows more cheaply. Yeah, you, yeah. you can look, look back at the old Looney Tunes from the 30s and 40s. They're, those characters are constantly in movement from head to toe. Mm-hmm. The Flintstones, you'll notice that uh, they're designed at what they call three quarters, so they're looking at the camera or off to the side, and they don't have yeah. to turn their head. They just have to swivel the eyes. Uh, yeah, there's like a lot of sharper lines, so they could only only needed to animate the head without moving the body, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And that, that was called limited animation, and it allowed Hanna Barbera to make television animation. They make, could make a lot it, of it. Yeah, they could make yeah. it a lot really faster. Really cut the corners, now. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looks like shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, yes, it pioneered, and there, you know, you can it, you could argue that you know the animation can be crude so long as the writing is sharp and some people have argued that the writing on the Flintstones was really sharp they're wrong about that I think that. that you can stylistically play with frame rate I think mm. that in a lot of television animation that was produced uh, commercially however that sense of playing with timing mm. and making things look things look graceful uh, or elegant was lost yeah. I mean yeah. and, and not the intention so yeah. yes a, a 12 frame rate American commercially produced film is likely to look or television specials likely to look like ass yeah but which is one of the reasons why they started like importing a lot more like Japanese animated mm-hmm. shows to America because a lot of them imp- used more frame rates and were actually a little bit more well actually right? no Am uh, I really wrong anime about this? Oh, uh, traditionally drops off with that because they believe in cutting costs they like to do things like freeze the frame uh and suspend things they actually will do this they like oh my gosh i'm trying to think of like just big examples like neon genesis evangelion is like oh yeah well that one infamous for their budget going away in the middle yeah the last couple of episodes of that are like barely animated at all yeah Yeah. but you can sense along as you watch all the tricks being used yeah. in the bag what those common tricks were it feels, like they, the long it feels like they picked their battles though like I remember like the opening credits for Thundercats mm-hmm. looking like amazing and then yeah. the actual episodes of Thundercats yeah. not looking amazing yeah. often yeah. that's what they would pay for is the yeah. studio would pay for a nice um, intro of credits because 
that's often all you need to do is to sell the kids the toys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All you need to do, why, what the cartoons do is they teach the kids how to play with the toys. Yeah. What yeah. do you What do you do with your cat man? Here's, here's, here's <laughs> the know? good guy, here's the bad guy. Yeah. Here's the yeah. He-Man goes yeah. on top the of the green the cat. Yeah. Here's that's the, how yeah. you play with the green cat. Yeah. That's yeah. why you need to buy the green cat and, of course, the additional accessories. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's also why when you're watching something like He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, all of a sudden there's a fucking tank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. It's the Dark Ages. I thought there's just like a wizard show. Trying to buy a, that oh, tank. Oh, now there's a tank there's and there's tank. robots yeah. now and the leech man. And... It's because fantasy can I, uh... include anything you like. Well, well that was certainly true of He-Man <laughs> yeah. and the Masters of the Universe. Um, but that actually brings but, us yeah. to, back to Fluppies in an interesting way because, again, a lot of these shows in the 80s in particular uh, were starting to be designed specifically to sell toys and, again, to mm-hmm. show kids how to play with the toys that they are going to want to buy. Yeah. And uh, Fluppies was originally originally created to sell these fluffy toys and then things got weird well there was some sort of miscommunication between kenner and disney because disney came up with their own premise yeah mm-hmm. and uh, i actually uh, found a like a video essay on the fluffy dogs and the, like this guy who went into like deep cuts like he looked up copyright information at patent offices okay. and found out that the characters for this animated special were only patented like six months before it aired, mm. uh, which means they were probably in production on it before they even patented the characters. Oh, definitely. The characters yeah. weren't the characters that were patented by Kenner uh, like six months earlier than that. Mm-hmm. So there was this very weird timeline as to who was doing what and who was patenting what and who owned which versions of the characters. I suspect someone at Disney noticed that, like, wait, this is an entirely different thing. We better cover our asses here and get these things registered. Well, it sounds like Disney may have been going just Mm. for the bid to steal the toy money. That's that's what it sounds like to me. We tricked them into helping us make this show and now we'll sell our own toys. Yeah, so if we have the patent to the characters in our own version of the Fluffy Dogs, Mm -hmm. but we share the name... We don't own the name, but we can get all of the the toy lucre. So, yeah, Disney came up with an entirely new premise. (laughs) Other than just cute dogs look like they're made of yarn and get into backyard adventures. And the premise is weirdly elaborate. The premise is this. There's a group of... (laughs) It's so strange. There's a group of little dogs, and like lap dogs. Very fluffy, very cute. They're they're not dogs. They're not dogs (laughs) at all. Okay, let me... Give me a moment. Uh, I'm trying to set a baseline here, okay? Come come out of left field. They drop us right in. Uh, I'm trying to. Will you let me, for the love of God? There are there is a group of dog looking creatures. There, fine. You happy? Interdimensional they're, dog beings. They're interdimensional. <laughs> they stand on. They're IDBs. They're interdimensional dog beings. IDDBs. They speak English. They I'm working on it. Legs. They wear hiking gear. <laughs> they let, do. Let him do the bit. For the love of Christ. <laughs> I'm just trying to give it, I'm trying to, I believe at some point in the show in which we illuminate the history of forgotten TV shows, we should explain what it is so that the people at home who haven't watched it have at least some idea what we're talking about. I believe in you, William. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this is why we're partners. Yay. All right. You can do it. We're, we're, we're introduced to a group of dog IDDBs. Thank you, Whitney. Uh, they are color coordinated. There's a green one. There's a purple one. There's a gray one. Uh, there's a red one and like an orange one. Whatever. They, no one cares about those two. Uh, and uh, they are they are yeah they they they're bipeds. Even though they look like dogs, they have fingers, and they talk. 
And when we meet them, they are in some kind of weird chaos dimension where they're like <laughs> trekking through the mountains like they're trying to find the entrance to Moria. This, this is the first shot of yeah, the special. Yeah. <laughs> no, no backstory here whatsoever. There's just a bunch of cute looking dog things. One of them is wearing a pot for a hat. And uh, they're trying to find a mysterious door. They have a weird, like, long rock that it turns out is like an interdimensional key. And every once in a while, they'll find an invisible door that leads them to a random other dimension. So basically, we're somewhere in between Care Bears, Time Bandits, and Sliders. <laughs> Because they cannot find the one gate that gets them home. They have to go to different dimensions. And I guess the idea is every week they would go to a different dimension and check it out. But Time Bandits was the same year, wasn't it? Was uh, it also 86? No, Time Bandits was before this, I think. Oh, I think 86 was like Brazil. I like no, that. Like... Brazil was 83. That was earlier on. I'm going to look this up. All right. <laughs> I like that basically having this like key toy basically means that a bunch of kids will just be running around stabbing the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the, this this magical key glow, cosmic key, that was also an element from the He-Man movie, another, yeah. another connection. But, uh, Time Bandits was 1981. Oh, Brazil was 1985. So oh they gosh, were both we're, preceded this. We're all wrong. Um, yeah. This little key what? that, the, that the, the fluffy creatures, uh, yeah, kind of glows and vibrates and leads them to wherever the invisible door is, and any invisible door is in this dimension. Yeah. When they insert it in an invisible lock, they're like stabbing through the air, <laughs> a door appears, and it's it's like a, a wooden door with latches and handles, but it looks yeah. different every time. Yeah, yeah. It looks like something you'd see in Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's like big and has a giant like metal clapper, and sometimes mm -hmm. it's covered in greenery or whatever, well, and well, they look magical. Well, once it's like a, a round... Hobbit hole door. Yeah. Just random doors. Uh, yeah, and yeah, they're they're on the on the cliff in a chaos dimension. They insert a key and all of a sudden they're fighting dinosaurs, so the chaos is continuing. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's they like, find they're able to find another door really, really fast, and then they escape the dinosaur and they end up inside a grocery store in our dimension. Mm -hmm. And now, oh no, they're they're gonna mess up this grocery store. Fluffy's yeah. on the loose. And, uh, because because they look like earth dogs they're caught by the dog catcher and thrown yeah. in dog prison and they don't understand why the local dogs aren't intelligent by the way that's a suspension of disbelief that they look like earth dogs because when we finally see what dogs look like in their world they look nothing at all yeah. like earth dogs yeah. also yeah. also want to throw it out there they're not like green like they, these yeah. are like green. I know it's the '80s and people started dying their dogs and going to punk concerts, but like, like oh, let's go to Twisted Sister and bring all our dogs. And we're like, and, you know, like got poodles with mohawks and you, shit. Other, I you think you're just thinking beer. about Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and that one dog. Yeah. I think you're just thinking about the one dog. No, no, there was there was there, they did that in that one. There's one other movie where they did that. I can't where, shit. They, where they dyed their dogs and took them to a punk show. There was another. Oh, oh the, I, the dog and the birds. Am I just thinking of Sarah Jessica Parker in the last? Uh, Flight of the Navigator. Did she have a dog? No, she just had pink hair and went to a Twisted Sister. Uh, okay, I think there was no dog. I assumed she had a dog. Well, there there was, there was a dog, but that was. I hers. know there was but another. Did go to the concert. I know there no, was no, another movie with a punk rock poodle. I know there was another movie punk rock poodle. Regardless, if anyone can think <laughs> of what the other movie movies, just, just no. we need a thread of punk rock poodles from the eighties. Yeah. Please well, so tweet us at Credit Acclaim. I want to know the The design on the fluppies is weird for what we've seen because it's this chaos dimension. They're interdimensional alien beings who have to get used to living on Earth. That's the ET premise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they look like 
they look like Kenner toys. Yeah. They, they're sort of like big eyed and very friendly looking. Kind they look of... more like Kenner toys than the Kenner toys that they're trying yeah, to sell. Yeah, they, they, dun, dun, dun. They, look like, they, they look like the Wuzzles. So it's kind of odd that, that the stakes are already so high for these really friendly looking like kitty show creatures. They're adorable. And I kept yeah. expecting like something really weird to be exposed about them. Like, they look like these friendly little cartoons, but they have, like, this aperture in their chest that they, that they like, <laughs> eat through, like, these tentacles that shoot out from under their fur. Or, it's like, I, oh, oh, I excrete this fluid. It's really nutritious. You know, like, I think of... the real horror of the Fluppies mm-hmm. is the fact that they don't want to be treated like dogs, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they it, have to be it's in order really to survive. Dark. So, so, so hey kids, your dogs are actually interdimensional beings that you are essentially enslaving, yeah. Yeah. and they have to keep keep up appearances. So what, what it, the show is teaching you is that the kids who own dogs have to be really suspicious yeah. of their own dogs. Like or at least if you own a fluppy, it's anti-fluppy. <laughs> Here's the thing. Is it anti-fluppy? It's anti-owning a fluppy. Anti-owning a fluppy, yes. Agreed. It's like, yeah. let the fluppies roam free, yeah. man. Basically, if you own a fluppy toy, you're the monster here, yeah. which may be a miscalculation, I feel. Or yeah. deliberate on Disney's part and trying mm-hmm. to sabotage the toys. So Perhaps. Wait, it's <laughs> messy. Um, <laughs> Regardless. The plot is, so they, they run away they're kidnapped by a dog catcher, but not before they are noticed by uh, a, a a a just roving in the wild a billionaire uh, named Wagstaff uh, and his and his assistant Hamish. Uh, and I thought that Wagstaff because he's clearly modeled after um, uh, Alonzo Hawk mm. from the Love Bug yeah. and the Absent-minded mm-hmm. Professor, played by Keenan Wynn. Oh, he's very Keenan Wynn. Yeah, yeah. and, and I, I for a second I thought Wagstaff was that character's name, but I had to look him up, and his name is Alonzo Hawk. Oh, but, uh, okay. yeah. but uh, his whole More thing is character. M- much like uh, Montgomery Burns in the uh, See My Vest musical yeah. number. He's obsessed with collecting like rare animals, and the rarest of all animals, as he knows, is the fluppy. And he once he sees that they talk, he immediately just like fluppies, and he starts yelling fluppies all the time. And he, he grabs someone's camera because he wants photographic evidence of the fluppies. And then a cop tries to arrest Wagstaff, and then he realizes that Wagstaff is rich and white. And he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize you were above the law, sir. I'll just." Not prosecute you for stealing this camera from a person of color. Because all cops are bad. All cops are bad. Let's <laughs> 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 be frank. Well, it's seriously. Like, in t- the Fluffies universe. TV, yeah. TV, cartoons, animation, movies, they've been telling us all along. <laughs> every single time. The cops, like, you can't trust a cop. It's so weird. Yeah. It's been right in front of us this so whole time. So easily corruptible. I know. <laughs> I know. Thinking over, like, my youth, just my entire life of watching, like, cop characters in TV shows, Mm -hmm. for some reason, I'm picturing all of these scenes about uh, the the cop going up to the white person saying, well, it's okay. (laughs) You committed a crime, white person, but you can go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so... That's what this is about. Yeah. yeah, I think our, I think the illusion yeah. that like we think that like justice will always prevail and the yeah. cops are like whatever are from all of the movies that don't have the cops in them, but the cops show up at the end to play cleanup. Like, yeah. hey, thanks for killing that serial killer, Nev Campbell. Yeah. We've got it from here. Yeah. The fuck? So, Where the fuck were you? So you're essentially on your own until you, the cleanup is needed. Yeah, yeah. the anyway. cleaning people of justice. 
dogs. <laughs> the flippy dogs aren't cops. No. Uh, that, they are. That would have been an interesting show. Yeah. No, but they are. That'd be bonkers. That's true. That's the, the premise for the show, bonkers. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, they did. Uh, they did end up in uh, uh, the dog shelter, and they're surrounded by uh, Earth dogs, and they do that thing. That uh, uh, some assholes do when they're traveling abroad and like no one can speak their language, they just say it like louder and slower. <laughs> can you understand me? And the dog's yeah. like woof, and like our lead dog's just like nuts. <laughs> so they're trying to figure out how to escape, and what they realize yeah. is that people are coming into this dog shelter and they are buying the people here. <laughs> so if we try to make one of us look extremely buyable, then they can escape and rescue the rest of us. So our lead dog, Stanley, uh, decides to impersonate what he sees dogs doing so that this person can buy him and then chain him to things and force him to eat sludge and be subservient to her child, Jamie, the boy with the world's biggest hat. It's got a yeah. long brim. It's like cartoonishly long brimmed baseball hat. Th- those were in Almost for like a second. Cartoon. I remember those long room baseball well, caps for like actually. one for like a six month period. I remember them from Mother Goose's Rock and Rhyme, but that's oh, about uh, it. That's a stylist <laughs> universe. Yeah. Uh, thinking back, this takes place in the present on Earth, and it was made in the mid '80s. It's set in the mid '80s. Disney in the 80s didn't set things in the present. I mean, they rarely do set, yeah. I guess, Oliver and Company yeah. is like the one exception. Mm. Well, but, movie-wise, anyway. Yeah. Well, just uh, in t- TV as well. Well, Bonkers. We just said it. Bonkers was in the 90s. Bonkers was set in the 90s. Yeah. Well, I said, from the uh, 90s, uh, it was set in the Duck 90s. Tales, I said 80s, but all right. The DuckTales yeah. was kind of contemporary because the technology they had was 80s. Like, but it was clearly an alternate reality, so oh, there's a yeah. bit of a divorce yeah, there. Yeah, it's kind Duck, of like Duck contemporary Duckverse. Yeah. I would say, and same thing with Darkwing Duck, which is, of course, in continuity it's kind of with... It's kind of I wouldn't want to me- dismiss their satiric, like, duck analysis uh, of society, uh, though. <laughs> like, Goof Troop. Hand. Goof Troop was clearly set contemporaneously with yeah, everything that's going but, on around. But again, the, but true. you're going back to the 90s. I was talking about the 80s. I'm just and, saying uh, they did it. In the 1980s, this is like one of the weird exceptions that Disney decided to set a show in the present in the 80s. Um, as such, we have like hip-talking teens. And as as we know, when Disney tries to be hip, it's really pathetic. Uh, so we have this, this like hip, modern, uh, every boy preteen kid. He's like 11 or 12. Yeah. And, uh, he could have stumbled off the set of Kids Incorporated. Like, Kids Incorporated. I, I feel like I don't think he was born. I think he was like belched out of machine when they painted a face on him and shoved him into a suburban oh, household. I love just, like don't you can't do, you can't do that on television. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a constant stream of '80s references. Well, and yeah, thoughts. Well, we, we were yeah. all alive then, so you're gonna get a lot of them. Maya the Bee. <laughs> Remember Maya the Bee? No, she no. was a bee. Her name was Maya. No. Remember Quickie Koala? I do! I can drop those all day. (laughs) (laughs) Koala's on the moon. (laughs) (laughs) Koala's on how to ride and play. There's nothing we won't try. strangely aggressive. David the Gnome. Remember David Uh, the Gnome? I do. You just go over a, a it's a Fred Ward's uh, c- career and I just, list a lot of these. All things. I want to do is do a whole podcast. that's just naming <laughs> shows from the eighties. Just Jason the Wheeled Warriors, and everyone's like, "Yes, yes. <laughs> you spoke yeah, but, to me." 
Denver the Last Dinosaur. Oh, yes. I, I feel like Denver. I feel like the the protagonist of the Fluppies is like the 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 typical Kevin, Zach, Timmy, Jamie that we got from all of these shows. Yeah. Yeah. They're always these boring white boys. Yeah. Yeah. If you uh, saw Mac and, and Me, we're talking about me. Yeah. We're talking about the me of Mac and Me. Yeah. Uh, he uh, he's evidently like an okay student, but there's trouble at home. Single mom. Yeah, mm-hmm. they've they've gotten divorced, and that's significant. Uh, and he, they need a dog to keep him company. So she goes to the pound and picks up the fluffy. Yeah, brings I like, it back. I like when to, she's buying the dog, and she's just like, "What sort of dog do you think a boy would like?" And he's like, "Well, boys often like like big, powerful dogs." And she's like, "No, I want <laughs> I a dog a that's small dog. and easy to maintain that I want to look at. <laughs> yeah. This one." Yeah. And I'm like, "Great, I can see this is going well at the household for Jamie." Way to gender dog owning. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> it's, it's in the context of the narrative. Uh, so she she buy, she buys the or she she. Sorry. No, oh, you're fine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say she rents the floppy. She she <laughs> she adopts the floppy, brings it home, puts it in a little box. Uh, Jamie or T- Timmy or Johnny or whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, it's Jamie. Yeah. It's Jamie. Uh, is a little upset that it's not a big powerful dog. Yeah. But then yeah. when mom's out of the room. The dog begins talking. Well, and, and now you get to wonder if all the fluffy adventures are in Jamie's head. Well, what happens is he's he's out. He's told to go out walking with the dog. He's like, "Oh, this isn't the dog I wanted." Well, go walk it. Maybe that'll make it grow. And oh, so he's like, "Great, I get to clean up the poop of the dog." I so he's walking the dog, and and our, what's it, is it, what's the dog's name again? Stanley. 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 He's like, who's now got a collar on him, and he rejects the collar and he throws it back in Jamie's face. <laughs> Fuck you. Well, he's trying to run away. He's actually. trying to run away and yeah. rescue his fellow flups. Yeah. And uh, then it turns out that Jamie like panics, and his first thought is, "Oh no, this dog." might get hurt his first thought is oh no mom's gonna be mad at me trouble at home and uh so he's running off to try to get the dog he ends up like hurting himself at a construction site and stanley ends up revealing his magical tendencies uh to jamie while saving his life yeah and now jamie owes him one so when we get back we see him like putting dog food in a bowl (laughs) i saved your life your soul is mine (laughs) i did like this there's a good bit here where like he puts dog food in a bowl and he gives it to stanley and stanley's like how do you eat this stuff? And he's like, I don't eat this stuff. And there's this moment where Stanley's just like, mm-hmm. yeah. You see where I'm coming from here? Yeah, then Motherfucker. Jamie. All right. So Jamie gives him uh, food from uh, the fridge. And of course, mom comes home and immediately like cusses Jamie out yeah. for like feeding the dog people food. It's getting real. Getting, re- getting really real in here. It's, and then the dog is forced to eat dog food in front of her. And it's like, watching that moment, it's like it feels vaguely like a horror film. Like, like a torture that porn kind torture of thing. thing. It's like, 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 oh, hold on, I want to do this right now. Um, uh, hello, Stanley. I want to play a game. All your life you have rejected being a dog. But can you be a dog long enough to survive? Eat the dog food. Make your choice. Eat it. It's like, no. How much dog food will you eat to stay alive? And he, he looks so grossed out. But uh, Jamie recently had a birthday. Dad's not around. Uh, and uh, so he has some birthday money. And he says to his talking dog that he is now taking orders from that uh, they need to go back to the pound and get all the other fluffies. Turns out he only has enough money for one. And he yeah. gets. Um, we don't see this like weird, like Sophie's choice moment where the dogs decide who gets to go free because the other ones might die for all we know. 
God. They've been there okay. all day. They've probably <laughs> seen what happens to dogs that are there for too long. So they're probably terrified. Yeah. So they decide they're going to go with um, oh, the lady dog. I forget what's her Sylvia. name. Sylvia? Sylvia? The, the, the token female dog. They, yeah. They the couldn't all be female. The pink one. You know she's female because she's, she's pink. pink. Yeah. So he takes, he takes the dog well, home and mom's just like, how dare you? Don't you dare bring another dog into this house. You give that to our neighbor. And she's like, but our neighbor hates me. Tough shit. This is my sort of vague interpretation of the dialogue. <laughs> I'm not directly actual, quoting. This is actual dialogue from the Fluffy Dogs. Te- uh, t- uh, the neighbor is a teenage girl who is somewhere between, given her behavior, 8 and 20. <laughs> because at some point she's like dressing the dog up and tying ribbons in her hair like she's 8 years old. Yeah. And other times it's like, no, I'm going to listen to my Walkman. Fuck you, child. Yeah. Well, it looks like a bunch of white men drew a team. Yeah. yeah. Girl, and, and, and wrote that, one yeah. a bunch of a bunch of white men who don't have children trying yeah. to draw a teenage girl. And yeah, there's this great moment where like anatomy is uh, awkward half the time too because G- they're not sure like, like how, how tall to be, or how yeah. mature she is or yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, can, can, can we make her hot? No, no, this is floppies. All right, <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll try like less hot. Okay, how about this? No, it's still too hot. All right, uh, look, I'm uh, lonely. <laughs> Like, can you not make her hot at all? Jesus, just take the rest of the day off. Go home. Oh, fine, fine. <laughs> Get a job animating Jessica Rabbit. That's in production by now, right? Um, scene. Thank you. Uh, Jamie, Jamie goes over to his next door neighbor's house, and he brings both Stanley and the other Fluffy. And he says, hey, I'm sorry. I, off camera, before this narrative began, I was a jerk to you somehow deleted scene and uh she's like oh that's okay is this dog mine and he's like yes yes it is which weirdly presumptuous of you but yes you know which goes to show by the way and and she was talking with him about how she was fine with this kid but she later thinks that he comes out of his shell more Mm -hmm. so his conception of the neighbor hates me is really just more about Jamie than it is about the neighbor. Jamie is going through some shit. And seriously, <laughs> in, in addition to, again, dad's out of the picture. We're unclear as to why, but given the nature of his, like, his loneliness and mom's sort of weird resentment, I have a suspicion dad is, dad left them and didn't just, like, die tragically in, like, car crash canceritis. Like... Send us your fluffy fan fiction Please. to find out. Well, but we like, want to know. But like, so he's got like he's getting shit at home from mom. Like, it's mom is not like there for him. She's not really present, and hence why she was getting him the dog. And he sees his neighbor, who is apparently pretty cool, uh, as this weird sort of he he projects anxiety onto her. And by the end of this show, I swear to God, I expected Jamie to be cowering in a corner, just like sucking his thumb, having a huge panic attack. <laughs> and just because this kid is really not having a good time. Having magical creatures in your life is supposed to be fun until like the third act. He doesn't really have the fun. It's no, mostly he, terrifying. He, he, does. he does. He learns that when he pets uh, a fluffy. Like when scratches, when he scratches their fur, yeah. yeah, they sort of like uh, they shed pixie dust, yeah, and that can make things float. Like it gives them magical powers. It does and there's a bed knobs and broomsticks. Yeah, there's thing. there's a whole uh, whole the, sequence where uh, he's sleeping and petting the fluffy, and the, his whole bed 
floats up and flies out of the window and he starts soars around town on its flying bed, just like yeah. in bed, no- yeah. bed Nub and Broomstick. Or in uh, Little yeah. Nemo Adventures in Slumberland, sure. which will come out in a couple of years, yeah. And oh, they loved animating that bed. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> the three dimensions. They twisted that bed in the sky like an angel. You're going to want to see that bed. If you watch <laughs> Fluffy Dogs... Pay close attention to the bed. <laughs> there's, a, there's a wonderful scene where he lands and uh, like flies the bed in front of the neighbor's second story window and gets yeah. the other fluffy. Is like, oh, hey, I'm flying our bed. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna rescue some fluffies now. And I love Stanley's like justification for this because there's there's a certain um, you can always Mix tell it up as you go along ishness. There's there's a thing where like listen, we're, we're, rules don't really exist in this universe, or we've decided we don't give a shit behind the scenes. But we suspect people at home need at least a token acknowledgement of what's happening. Uh, kind of like in the Rise of Skywalker, when all of a sudden Poe Dameron's just like somehow Palpatine returned. That's literally all we're giving you. That's all we're giving you. But we're gonna we're just gonna clarify somehow. And that will do for you, right, audience? And we're sitting here and it's like, no. Tough shit. Anyway, moving on. The Holdo Maneuver. <laughs> Stanley has a line like that where they're flying on their bed and Stanley is like, oh yeah, I forgot to mention. Sometimes shit like this happens. He so doesn't that this say happens shit. in some worlds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in some, some worlds, some worlds magical, we visit, stuff we have magical stuff It, it is the all. 80s, so yeah, yeah they're not going to... <laughs> Again, I'm translating. And whenever Jamie <laughs> expresses any kind of trepidation about like flying beds and weird magical dog creatures from other dimensions, mm-hmm. Stanley suckers his angst by <laughs> repeating the mantra of adventure. <laughs> We like to go on adventures. Adventure, Jamie. Yeah. Don't you want an adventure, it's Jamie? Like, I don't know about flying my bed out the window. We could die. Adventure, Jamie. Isn't adventure, adventure more pusher. important than safety I, I, I don't and wanna, security? I don't want to kill a cop. Adventure. <laughs> huh? How many hey. bus drivers do you need me to kidnap? Adventure, adventure. Jamie. So really, the horror just writes itself. It's in the text, <laughs> is what we're saying. I'm, I'm reminded of a, a Mad TV bit where they spoofed uh, Davy and Goliath, where Goliath was, you know, the imaginary dog, but he was like mm-hmm. a psychopathic disorder urging him to kill. Son so, of yeah. Sam kind of vibe. Yeah. 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 It's called Davy and Son of Goliath. There you go. Nice. Like, why don't you kill them both, Davy? No one will see you. I don't want a Goliath. <laughs> Not today. I have uh, a headache, Goliath. Anyway, they, uh, anyway, they rescued. Yeah. But before uh, before uh, a, a brief a brief br- uh, pause on the dad is is gone. Dad <laughs> left them. Pause. Mm. What? Pause. Dog oh, pause. pause. Why? Right, Everyone sorry. at home got it. I just uh, paused out of respect. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought you had to like do something technically. I no. Pause the show. I was uh, I was acknowledging that you made a pun. Uh. This is uh, another example of something that was really, really common in the 1980s about young kids, when left to their own devices, will find supernatural or some kind of extraordinary adventure on their own. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the premise of E.T., but I don't think this is something that was started by E.T. I think this was... uh, 
filmmakers' reaction to skyrocketing divorces in the real world. Yeah, kids are um, sort of left on their own and yeah, not being emotionally d- attended to, or at least that was the anxiety. It was the yeah. well, and, and it was re- happening in the real world. That's why uh, the film Kramer versus Kramer, which came out in the late seventies, was was such a hit. It was actually dealing with something incredibly topical at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Portal d- fiction in particular tends to yeah. arise in times of stress, like mm-hmm. during wartime. Chronicles of Narnia. That's yeah, those kids yeah. were left without their parents. Yeah. So yeah, they this, find a magical adventure. So and, the, yeah. this huge skyrocketing of divorce led to an entire generation of kids who were uh, being raised by single parents. And they were, you know, the whole phenomenon of the latchkey kid became much more widespread in the United States. Uh, and kids were being left alone to their own devices. And filmmakers were responding to this by giving them kind of airsats. Uh, sibling figures or parent figures in the forms of these supernatural creatures who will be able to provide in some yeah. sort of way. Like the Monster Squad. My parents are getting divorced, but it's okay. Frankenstein Monster is living in my yeah, treehouse. Yeah. Or the never-ending story. <clears throat> it's okay if everything's going to hell and you're being bullied because this book will never end. And you can disassociate forever yeah. and yeah. ever yeah. and ever. Never-ending story. It's a really depressing fantasy forever. Yeah. It, it is, yeah. conceptually... Yeah, and, and in practice, Artax like it's dies like, of depression uh, in that movie. And, and I mean, you know, the '80s was all about running away from your trauma. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, it was full yeah. Of escape, it's full of escapist fantasy. Yeah. Like, that was the vast yeah. majority of like kid-friendly mm. entertainment. It serves at the a time, function. Yeah, it does. And you'll yeah. you'll yeah. notice that a lot of modern kid entertainment doesn't have that anymore. It's not about lone kids left by themselves to get into adventures. Mm-hmm. It's about kids who are. Uh, I feel like fame is a really big element of modern kids storytelling. Be like having having power and being recognized for having it. I think mm. there's a shift right now in storytelling. Uh, I'm on teams again, actually, mm-hmm. and to actually focus on making friends, you mm-hmm. know? Group dynamics. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. having that be the focus, ultimately having that be the story, the friendship is the story worth telling and knowing even beyond the actions that may temporarily drive them apart and together. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the one you know? thing that actually feels almost <clears throat> contemporary about that show Stranger Things, which we we tried and gave up on pretty fast because it was really mm-hmm. familiar. But <laughs> in like the 80s, that would have been about like one kid, maybe two. Yeah. Right. And in like the 2010s, it was about squad goals. Like it was mm-hmm. just about like having like a community. You weren't mm-hmm. alone. And I yeah. feel like that level of like just that geeky online community thing just engenders that more than yeah, just yeah. like, oh, I'm, I'm alone. I don't have the internet. Or a cell phone. I've read all the books in my local library. I fuck it gnomes. Well, gnomes. I think, I, I think I, the I feel lone like... hero um, has been such an unsatisfying narrative for so long because it's lonely. You know, yeah. kids who grew up with the lone hero having their adventure. You know. By themselves, in in secret. That's yeah, in yeah. You secret. can't share it with anyone after the fact or during. You know? Yeah, that's a lonely story to keep with you all the way to adulthood. Yeah. Well, well also, it's a the, secret. Well, I would yeah. say that, it's almost tra- it's traumatic. In a Yikes! Way, like, why why does your why do your friendships have and in your magical times have to be secrets mm-hmm. or a source of anxiety? It's a big for red you. flag if you think about it. Yeah. That's bad. Well, yeah. Well, well, I think the internet uh, changed all of that because people could reach out and find their squads. They could find communities online, or at least and, stay in uh, touch with kids from school when they're not at school. And yeah. little it helps. Yeah. Also, thanks to something like Instagram, a lot of uh, even little kids are learning this idea of how to brand. My child is six and he already understands uh he he wants to start his own youtube channel 
Wow. He watches other YouTubers. That's his preferred mm-hmm. form mode of entertainment. He doesn't like scripted TV or movies. Mm-hmm. Wow. He likes watching like gamer videos. And he understands that having that online persona is very important. Mm-hmm. He's already learned that. That's in his brain. Yeah. yeah. And so the idea that... That's what celebrities are today. Yeah, ex- yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what a celebrity is. That's what is expected of you to be presentable at all times. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of kid entertainment which is about presenting well, about mm-hmm. being really sort of flashy and being known and being seen. Well, remove- I think this is especially notable like in the way superhero comics have changed from... The guy with the secret identity who's doing things in secret. And who values role. having a normal life. Yeah, who yeah. wants to have a normal that. life. And, you know, the fantasy used to be, I, I look normal to all of my classmates, but at home I may as well be Batman. They don't know that. Mm. And I can have that fantasy. But you look at the Avengers movies, they don't have secret identities. They call them the, each other Tony and Steve out on the... the the battlefield yeah. when they're fighting space. Hey, Tony. Hey, Steve. It's like, what happened to Iron Man? Iron Man in Iron Man three, he literally gives out his home address to the villain. Yeah, on, like on TV, and immediately he he immediately regrets it because they blow the shit out of that place. Oh but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but um, but I think maybe I think it's that, not a good not idea having, to post our information. Yeah. It's publicly. a good film. It's yeah. a great lesson to learn. I learned more from that movie than I did from watching Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> that's true there's That's, not a lot of there's not but I, much I, I to feel like uh, something we're looking at fluffy dogs about this lone child going on an adventure and I'm realizing that that kind of story isn't being told right now it's mm-hmm. all about have everybody knowing your name and you having a brand and you work yeah, and working with a, a squad a community that yeah. you found and the YouTube kind and of celebrities which, which is better is arguable well, you know, one they're just two different ways to tell a story I mean, yeah. I'd say the but, YouTube version of celebrity that we're talking about a lot of it is very much in the second person hey guys hey you mm-hmm. yeah. and we're connecting with people like as, as directly as we can and that fosters like a relationship with that kind of person whereas I feel like something like Fluffy Dogs is, yeah, it's intensely private. And this is just yeah. this kid's secret little world. And there's a bit later on, and we're, I'm skipping ahead here, where the Fluffy Dogs are, like, about to go home. And Jamie is just, like, his mom's, like, berating him for all the weird shit that's been happening. Mm-hmm. And he has no good explanation. All he is, in his mom's eyes, is a problem child. And he cannot explain to her. And if he tried, he'd probably, like go into like psychiatric care which is a cute stigma against it so he doesn't want to do that and it's a tragedy what's happening to jamie it's interesting that you mentioned that because there's actually a point where his mom yells at him for getting the house dirty Mm -hmm. and the dog or whatever the fluppy is the one who actually did it but she thinks it's a dog but he doesn't use the dog did it as the excuse. Yeah. You know yeah. what I he mean? He says, oh, I was looking for something. He takes it on himself. It's all yeah. about, like, I have to heal this situation. If only I could have healed my parents' marriage. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to take the fall. There's a, lot of, like, there's a lot of depth in Fluffy Dogs, is my I, point. Oh, Jamie. Anyway, back to the plot. So the Fluffy Dogs are... are Jamie are, doesn't need a bigger hat. Jamie needs <laughs> other help. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know you don't have a dad anymore, but how about more hats? <laughs> yeah. The fluffy dogs are in the dog shelter, and uh, Wagstaff is the bad guy? Well, yeah, you can call him Alonzo Hawk. Alonzo Hawk. Wagstaff, I'm calling Wagstaff. Wagstaff shows up at the pound, and he's, he's, inf- he's infuriated to find out that the pound is closed. And so he gets the mayor on the phone, and he says, Get me the mayor! We'll get him out of bed! And this is all taking place outside during the day. And I'm like, it's like six in the afternoon. 
Why is the Sunday. bear in bed? Pounds are closed on Mondays. Could yeah, be but, Monday. wait, but earlier today he bought a dog, so it was open earlier today. All right, fine. It's, Look, it's only one person who runs this pound. No, it's really rough and stuff. Gay guy. I, I don't know why. It's all out of love, really. It's so low staffed in this like I, I don't it's know. A this is, like, it's a major metropolitan area. It's got to be because it's like constantly bustling. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Wagstaff can't get into the Fluppies yet, so the kid's trying to rescue the Fluppies. Wagstaff sees the Fluppies escape, and he's like, My Fluppies! And it's great. Anyway, uh, they, they, they... They get away in a group, and they now get, they're all living with Jamie, and they're yeah. living in Jamie's basement. Yeah, And Jamie okay. actually says it says goodbye to them, and he's actually like, Okay, so you guys are going to find your stuff? Great. I don't know what I'm going to tell my mom about how I lost the dog. She'll think I'm irresponsible and yell at me. But uh, go ahead. Go. I'll miss you always. And the dogs find a door, but it turns out the door is somewhere they can't reach. So they have to go to Jamie while he's in school, like stalk him out the window like Michael Myers in the beginning of Halloween. And then he's he has to leave school. And he says, hey, guys, what the hell are you doing? I'm at school. I'm like, yeah, we found a door. We need your help reaching it. I am at school. Well, you need to play hooky because... <laughs> Adventure, Jamie. Adventure! I'm going to get in skip, trouble with more so with my mom. I, no, I'm going to get in trouble. And key the teacher's car. Do it. Okay, okay I'll key the teacher's car. <laughs> Do the wrong and thing Jamie's for like, adventure. Okay, but i got to be back by lunch, as if that's going to be fine with his elementary school teacher. Yeah. So it turns out the door is in a sewer. So they go into a sewer, <laughs> they go into a sewer. and it's going to be uh, disgusting and oh, gross. And they establish now also that the key is failing. They have yeah. this magical key that's not going to work too many more times. Yeah, so there's a ticking clock in a way. Yeah, you only got so many more tries. And uh, the door in the sewer, unfortunately, it was like apparently in the other dimension was in like the ocean. It was, it was an undersea world. <laughs> yeah. 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 So they open the door and it just floods the sewer. Yeah. yeah. So now everyone's soaking wet and he's like, got to go home and he's like, his teenage neighbor, who also wasn't at school, uh, is like doing laundry to try to like you know dry his clothes and everything. But it turns out, oh my god, this whole time there was a door in Jamie's basement. So they open that door and they let in a hippopotamus monster who starts they, wrecking the house. They, they let yeah. in Oakjaw, is what it is. Oh, yeah, it is Oakjaw. It is kind of like it's yeah. an orange Oakjaw. It's an orange. Yeah, yeah, this big, big hippopotamus monster yeah. that that trashes the house. Yeah, and Jamie's freaking yeah. out because yeah. mom's gonna yell at me so much. And, and yeah, he, he starts freaking out, but they end up. It turns out it's pretty tame. It just needs to eat mom's flowers. Yeah. So uh, so, so, so they get mad about that. So they they trash mom's flower garden, and the fluppies are like busy cleaning up this house. And I'm watching the sequence of the fluppies cleaning a house. Yeah. And wondering. What happened to that really bizarre opening where they're lost in like chaos dimension <laughs> on the cliffs? Like we we are big adventure, you know. We like to go on big adventures, and I bet like during that sequence, like the floppy is just saying, "Fuck, I gotta fucking clean this house." Like, yeah. I was in a chaos dimension like yesterday. They have <laughs> magical powers. Now? They're demigods, they but but they don't have they... magical powers that they can use to help them clean. Yeah. It's like kind of random. Not bed float they powers. need someone else to scratch their head. To yeah. well, I their guess hum, hum, they can't do it themselves. Yeah. They need somebody yeah. else. To I think do this it. is the point where they start taking pity on Jamie, and they realize that they're completely ruining Jamie's life, and they need to help him out a little. Because the whole thing about, like, trashing the house, we've seen that in so many kids' movies. It's in E.T., it's in Bumblebee. It's, oh no, this mysterious creature that I have and I'm trying to keep secret is wrecking stuff. And if you're a little kid, making a mess around the house or breaking stuff is, like, one of the worst things you can do. You know, like, there are limitations on that and your parents will get mad at you. So, like, you're hoping at the end of the cat in the hat that, like, they're going to clean it up 
they're going to clean up this mess at the end. Otherwise, mom and dad are going to be mad. And for thank God kids. they do. <laughs> for kids, you know, it's for, the ticking time bomb. It is. Of narratives. No, it yeah. is. No, no, mom and dad are going to be mad at me. We broke this vase. But if there's a magical way to fix the vase, yeah. oh, thank God, no, we have fluppies. I, I know little kids don't like having their parents mad at them. And we all yeah. have the experience of, of fearing the wrath of our parents. But yeah. It's so constant in these stories. I gotta wonder how awful those parents are. Exactly my point. Yeah. My, my mom's gonna come home and she's gonna kill me. No, like literally, she's gonna commit murder. I like, mean, with that kid's level of anxiety, <clears throat> yes, yeah, it's there's, bad. There's something there's wrong something here. Something bad going he, on. He is at the very least, even if he's like overreacting in some way, he has been dramatized in some way, probably by the divorce or the separation or whatever the fuck. At dad's in jail, I don't know. Something happened. Yeah. And he is completely traumatized by this. I don't know if he's terrified of losing his mother's love or he feels like he has to constantly keep earning it or whatever, but he is not in a good place mentally, and I felt really bad for him. Um, and, of course, Mom gets home and she's super fucking mad at him. So, great. Thanks, Mom. Uh, Jamie is, like, grounded and shit, and uh, the fluffy dogs, like, run off, and they find they finally find a door that actually leads home. And they're like, great. But we're not all, like, assembled here, so we need to go find... Everybody, and unfortunately, one of the dogs, uh, Fluffy Dogs, who is uh, voiced by Lorenzo Music, mm-hmm. which warmed my heart, the voice of Garfield and the original good Peter Vankman. And uh, Fred, Fred Ward worked with Lorenzo Music a lot. In fact, you look over his filmography, yeah. Lorenzo Music was in all. In, in fact, um, there was a spinoff of Rhoda about Carlton the Doorman. Oh, yeah. Uh, Carlton the Doorman was on the TV show Rhoda and you only ever heard his voice like through an intercom and he was played by Lorenzo Music and they were going to give him his own show. Yeah. Like where you got to saw what he looked like and he was going to be played by Lorenzo Music. Was it only a pilot? It it was only a pilot. Can we find that? I I haven't found it yet but uh, (laughs) I learned of its existence and looked it up but I didn't find it right away. If anyone knows if anyone knows where we can find Carlton the Doorman the uh, animated pilot we would love to we would love to do that. Yeah. Um, But uh, so uh, Lorenzo Music gets kidnapped by Wagstaff and so they need Jamie Adventure, Jamie. <laughs> like, but I've lost my mother's love. And fucking venture, get the fuck. losing your mother's love is the greatest adventure of them all. <laughs> and Jamie like rejects them and says, "No, fuck you, fuck you. You've ruined my life." And so they go to the next door neighbor, and there's this weird bit where they say, "Well, how do we get over she there?" Was and a lot more crass than I remember. <laughs> I remember right? right? So they go to the next door neighbor, and she's like. Oh, she's like, okay, yeah, well, uh, how can I help you? Like, well, you could scratch my head and we could fly this bed on over there. And she has this weird bit where she says, I don't fly on anything that doesn't show movies. And then she looks to the camera as if to say, I know that's a stupid joke. I know that doesn't make any sense. I'm com- we're just going to let that one go. I-, I know it and you know it. Like, the animators rebelled. Yeah. And, like, knew that that was terrible writing. Yeah. And they just, you yeah. know. One time they break the fourth wall. This one is to apologize for a terrible line of dialogue. I kind of that was when I fell in love with this. I was like, I was watching. I'm like, wow, this is like really nice animation and like, yeah, it's 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 a kid show and there's a lot of stupidity in it, but it's really energetic and creative. And I probably would have really liked this as a kid, but that one look to the camera is when I was like, Fluffy Dogs is fucking awesome. <laughs> I dig the Fluffies, man. I just want to know who there has that bed <coughs> fetish because, man, they bring bed. it to life. They love that bed. 
it's good animation. It actually yeah. looks really great. Uh, not just on the bed. All of the characters move yeah. really well. I, I don't like Very the, distinct. The animation yeah. on, on Mom and Jamie are a little wonky, but the Fluppies themselves are, are pretty well. Well, they're there to I sell. Did. They're not here to sell Jamie. They're here to sell the Fluppies. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're they're giving extra yeah. attention the to The neighbor them. is Thanks, also... Mom. I always wanted the Jamie toy. <laughs> the neighbor, like I said, also has, like, weird anatomy slips. Like, she's not always on model and stuff, oh, yeah. but whatever. Yeah. yeah, again, less attention paid. But, uh, yeah. so Wagstaff has got uh, Lorenzo music and he refuses to talk and he's just like I'll let you out if you talk or maybe I'll feed you to my giant snake which is weirdly horny for my assistant Hamish and we're never gonna talk about it and I'm like cool and then uh, the Fluppies show up and they're like hey we're Fluppies and he's like I knew it and then uh, they like release like the hippo monster and the hippo monster's like ah I'm a hippo monster and he runs around and then they uh, they get away from Wagstaff, and then they and then they go home. I think Wagstaff would be okay with like an interdimensional hippo monster. You think? Yeah, it'd be just as rare as a fluffy. Apparently, not so much. Apparently, more common. Yeah, a lot Fl- of them. Fluffies are like Pokemon, and that there's like ancient like earth legends legends about them. Yeah, so there's. Yeah. Well, in actuality, cave paintings and carvings of like when fluffies visited Earth in ancient times. I suppose last year, uh, in uh, this was this was referenced in Ducktales. Oh, the new the DuckTales modern, is doing everything. The it's new the, DuckTales, like, they're, like they're going, they're like, looking like into, like, Kirby alternate Burman dimensions, and they show the fluffy yeah. universe. There's also apparently a bit where they have, like, ancient texts or tapestries or something, and one of them illustrates this ancient species of some kind of gummy bear. Oh, and I'm like, that's yeah. fun. That's amazing. Everyone's having a good time. Yeah, they're, they're using that new DuckTales the same way, like, Harvey Birdman used the... the uh, Hanna Barbera back catalog. It's like, oh, here's Inch High Private Eye and Secret Mouse or yeah. Secret Squirrel. Secret Squirrel. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they 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 go. They all go in the door, and it's like, oh, it's sad. We're gonna miss you, Jamie. Sorry, we ruined your life. Bye. And then it cuts to like six months later, and it's winter. So it's it's the, that night. No, it's not it's, winter. It's the same night. Yeah. No, it's not the same night. They cut the end when like in the snow. It's the same night, isn't it? It's no, later. they leave. It's supposed to be like time. Some time has passed, but uh, they didn't. Put a title up for whatever reason. I yeah. don't know. I, I thought it was just like that e- later that evening. It snowed. Like, like no, no. They just it, they, it, it's, sn- it's snowed, and they're they're it, you know weather metaphor. It's a little colder now, yeah. but yeah. Uh, Jamie and and the neighbor are are getting along now, and yeah. they're uh, commiserating. That that was a really weird thing we went through with those those, yeah. those spaghetti dogs. I'm, I'm so glad someone else saw it. Otherwise, I would just completely yeah. question my sanity and I'd have a even more of a nervous breakdown. I would I would love to have seen a scene where uh, Jamie says, "Okay, fine, mom, I'll tell you. I have talking dogs." Oh, Jamie, I'm going to call the shrink in the morning, and the dog walks in and talks to the mom, and the mom yeah. just breaks down entirely. She here's, yeah. here's the thing. Here's the thing, and this is what it boils down to because there's always that bit in this kind of fantasy where the fantastical creature says you can't tell anyone about me mm-hmm. they'll, and it's usually they'll, because they'll like kill me yeah. yeah they'll usually like they sat me or something like that and that's actually not a bad justification sure I'm like okay you're, you feel like your life is threatened I, I buy it okay fair enough uh, here the, Stanley just says they'll treat us like freaks and I'm like you will be celebrities <laughs> that everyone loves they will make action figures of you but even if even if that's true the fact that Stanley is not comfortable telling his mom because he can show his mom mm-hmm. tells you a lot about the mom. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they would treat them like freaks. I think they would exploit them through the capitalist system. Exactly. And, you know, the, the fluppies were aware of that enough. Did you ever see The Man Who Fell to Earth? Like everyone at home? 
Imagine that, but with fluppies. Exactly. David Bowie is a fluppy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, it's a few months into the future. Winter has come. Everyone's sad. But it turns out the fluppies are back, and they're going to all have fun adventures next week. Well, they, when fluppies they, return. They unleash the fluffy dimension onto Earth, so like hundreds of fluffies flood the world. That's not what happens. Yeah. There's one shot of like hundreds of fluffies running out of the dimensional portal. No. No. Yeah, there, watch it again. <laughs> which which I thought like tied into the toys. So like the, the fluffies that are flooding the Earth are the ones you can buy at the toy store. What? Because now there's like hundreds of thousands of them. Ladies and gentlemen. What LSD uh, were you on? Seriously, ev- everyone listening, ladies and gentlemen and everyone else, Hang on a minute. We're going to pause this and we're going to watch the ending of this damn thing again and we will get back to you because Whitney either just blew our minds or made up some shit. Settle this now. Holy shit. We were wrong. <laughs> Whitney was right. It's a fluppageddon up here. It they, is. They are, they, are, they are pouring in through this portal and they are clearly an invading force. Mm. And, and it is not. It's they're not clamoring for adventure. They're lining up. They have armor on and weapons and... <laughs> No, seriously, like, Jamie asks, like, what are they here for? And the dog's like, adventure. And I'm like, like the one I had that put me in a hospital that, like, like made my mother question my sanity and, like, take away her love? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Great. Everyone buy a fluffy. The fluffies are here to spread sadness in the world. But this goes to the whole, you know, the, the... Products of divorce. These kids are living through something that's difficult and sad in their lives. And you look at something like E.T., he got a lot of you know emotional edification from E.T., learn to connect to another being but yeah. at the end et does have to go yeah and he does recognize home, that yeah. yeah that there is still some sadness to the situation at um, least care bears left you with an emotion uh, like uh, what uh, the uh, heck uh, was this a, a film i'm very fond of that that follows this pattern is flight of the navigator yeah. about a, a little kid who finds himself in the future not having aged like yeah. he's taken into space like 10 years later and his little brother is like a senior in high school but he's still like 8 years old yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and so he has yeah. to go on this adventure with uh, this machine monster in a spacecraft that takes on the voice yeah. of Pee Wee Herman and that monster ruled yeah it's played by Paul Rubens yeah, yeah. it was really good that's actually a cool movie it holds it up it is a cool movie. but, but yeah. I, there was a kind of melancholy to that movie yeah. and it's actually really kind of scary and sad throughout a lot of it so I think Fluffy Dogs is just trying to retain the real world sadness. You know, they're yeah. they're sort of Jamie and the neighbor are commiserating in the snow at the end, saying, um, you know, think things things were a little weird, weren't they? And the neighbor says, Yeah, and you're you're the same. Things haven't changed for you. You're still a nerd. <laughs> Thanks. That's great. I'm glad yeah, I didn't th- grow. Kind of looks at her and says, Well, yeah, I guess you're right. Well, I don't need adventure. I need my dad back. You know, it's yeah. It's, but instead, you get you get millions of. But fluffies. instead, yeah. Fluffies. Well, you don't get your dad, but you do get an invasion of interdimensional dog creatures, <laughs> mm. which is the next best thing. Yeah. Mm. So I guess uh, if the series had continued, there would have been just fluffies everywhere. Everyone gets a oh, fluffy. I looked up a, a little bit more as to what was going to go on, and somebody found like the series bible mm, that was okay. going to be the fluffy series, and evidently it was going to be a science fiction series. Okay, where they would go for different dimensions, or... They were going to travel to different dimensions, but using, like, gear they had built in Jamie's treehouse. There's going to be a thing where, like, they go into the treehouse and push a button, and all these computer panels open up, and they go into an underground, like, techno layer. And the fluffies were going to control dimensions through that. Wow. It feels like a bit more elaborate than it needs to be. They already have a cosmic key. And it's, it's even a bigger middle finger to the Kenner toys, which were just yarn dogs that you play with. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden they're like 
techno dimensional monsters. Yeah. yeah. It, it was that 80s trend of trying to chase cool. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't just about humor. It wasn't just about having fun or teaching lessons. It was about trying to make the characters really cool, and that was which is that was death for which is so not, many eighties cartoons. Which is not what the toys were about. The toys were about like you know just cuddliness and nurturing and mm-hmm. and having a nice thing to hug, having and, a pet. And weirdly yeah. enough, Disney decided to make it badass yeah. for Disney in the eighties, which is appealing to a small demographic but also confusing well it's super confusing because imagine (laughs) you know like i'll say this i'm actually a fan of the fluffy dogs pilot i actually think it i I joke and there are things that that are stupid about it but mostly i actually had a really good time we were watching this we were really enjoying it and going this is surprisingly Mm -hmm. good but imagine you're like a kid in the 80s and one of two possibilities has occurred here Either you already have a fluffy dog and you really like it and you've connected with it and you really and oh there's gonna be a special about my favorite toy and the special has nothing to do with the toy you've already connected to. Yeah, it doesn't so, look like it, doesn't yeah. So you're not interested in the show. Okay. Or you're not buying the toys and you see the show and you think to yourself, Wow, this is really cool. It's full of adventure and fun characters and I would love to have an action figure of Stanley. Stanley's my favorite. And then you go to the toy store and the toys have nothing to do with the show you yeah, just watched. They have, they have different names, they look a little different. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a complete well, collapse of synergy. Yeah. Which, and it'll make yeah. it'll make the toys feel off brand. Exactly. You know what I yeah. mean? And the show yeah. feels off brand too. Nothing Which connects. I, I, I agree with your theory that this was some deliberate attempt by Disney to undercut the, the property that they only co owned. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I know that they're an incredibly aggressive company. Yeah. But they yeah, want all the pie. Yeah, pretty they much. They just do. This breakdown of synergy though, that, that only seems weird to us who were growing up with a lot of these toys in the eighties, where the, the the show and the toys were actually like really on point together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you look at the modern age, like how many different versions of Spider Man are they running concurrently? Like yeah. it, there's the movie version, there's this other T V show version. How many jokers are there right now? Yeah. Uh, all all of these characters now have multiple parallel versions. But so those are okay. but those are established characters those though, where there's already like pre like pre-established yeah. we we know of spider-man it's not like we're introducing a new character and then introducing just five different versions Has, of this new thing hasbro it, it, is still doing this like they're still mm. gonna have a new version of my little pony that comes out yeah. with newly designed characters yeah. you know like the same thing they do pound puppies again sort of i had a friend mm. who worked on that like they keep on redoing the properties and and the and renewing the looks because they're afraid to gamble completely sometimes on entirely new stuff but it's a safer way for them to go back and bank on parent nostalgia honestly parents will buy the the toys Mm -hmm. and hasbro was in the process of buying up literally every toy property ever that that worked on me with mad balls yeah, they had Mad Balls. They re-released Mad Balls. Like, oh, I'm gonna get my son a Mad Ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nostalgia. Yeah. That's purchased. what I do for my pet monster. I buy one of those. Yeah, yeah. nostalgia purchased. But uh, yeah, it was totally un- the the Mad Balls thing was a totally nostalgia purpose. They brought the Mad Balls back on YouTube, by the way, and they're oh, yeah. like even nice. more disgusting than they were before. Oh, that reminds me, yeah. one of these days we need to do the my pet monster fail pilot. Yeah, the video the, that came right. with the, the live toy, action yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, ended but, on a cliffhanger. That, I'm still mad. That phenomenon of uh, the kid having a toy that doesn't match what's on the screen, I think, isn't really significant anymore. Because you can get a mm. Spider-Man; it's not going to match whatever Spider-Man. You're but watching. again, this is the only version of it. Is my point? Like, there's only oh, yeah. there's only there's the toy version and the cartoon. It's not like there's a baseline Spider-Man 
and these are all variations on the concept of Spider-Man. There is no baseline Fluppy. There's the animation Fluppy, which is completely different from the toy Fluppy, mm. and that's it. So it's just yeah, two yeah. things that are at two, odds with two one another. Whereas yeah. these days, you can there's variation, but you can usually get a product for each variation. Yeah. If not on the shelf directly from the company, then certainly in the custom world, because mm-hmm. everyone's a fan of something, and someone's going to sell you something for yeah, that. They yeah, make, make anything on Etsy. Yeah, you know, Redbubble or something like that. There's always something to, to, to yeah. grab. Like, I was able to find a shirt of uh, Meryl Streep and her dog from the movie She-Devil. It's excellent. And I'm very grateful for that shirt. I got one, too. We got them together. Yeah. Because we're that we're big fans of the movie She Devil. I, yeah. I just want that's a good movie by the way. I just want a pair of underwear with Mallard <laughs> Fillmore on it. Yeah. Best Ro- delivery. Ro- Roseanne Barr sucks, Artist but that movie done. is great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a difficult watch, but yeah. it's got some satisfying moments. Meryl Streep is hilarious in that yeah. movie. Yeah. I'm so glad we got to end this on a talk yeah. of She Devil. <laughs> but yeah, that's that. That's the Fluppies. I, I agree with you. I think it's actually a pretty well animated uh, animated thing. It does mm-hmm. feel like its own entity. Like they yeah. actually thought through a story and it moves from beat to beat. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a bizarre premise, but it's not like off putting or difficult to follow. It's just no. a, a, an odd thing to thrust onto these really sort of big eyed, friendly toy looking characters that they're you know interdimensional beings adrift on Earth. You know, you would think they would, they would look more alien instead of looking like these friendly, fluffy Oh, why critters. not? Why wouldn't they look adorable? Like, you know, they're, we, we assume they would look alien or look like beings of pure energy, but what if they're just really cute? Yeah. Why not? What I don't if know. the invasion was adorable? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Yeah. A lot more pleasant. Everyone's, everyone's, yeah, everyone's yeah. like, oh, like I don't know, we we're going to be really xenophobic, but they're adorable, so yeah. let's just accept them blindly. Yeah. <laughs> we're visiting your home planet, we have no bones, and we're delicious. <laughs> That's not great. Oh, That's going to no. go real bad. And we, have, we love nothing more than being devoured. Oh, no. Well, I don't want to eat you. Please do. <laughs> Open up! I'm no, gonna no, hop go, in go, your go. mouth. No, uh, <laughs> they are delicious. Why are they so good? Down the hatch! <laughs> Down the hatch! Coming this fall. To I love both of you. So much. <laughs> the race of I love Michelle more, but I love both of you so much. Yeah. We have to ask. We have to ask the question. Oh. Was Fluffy Dogs canceled too soon? And I want to I want to initially uh, posit this to Michelle. Yeah. Michelle, was this was this show canceled too soon? Hell yeah! I would have enjoyed this as a kid because I think like back then as a child, I really wanted a lot more aggressive action with cute stuff, things that were like culturally confusing for people. Is what I responded to. So I would have loved this. Dude, this feels like you're right. Like I feel like there's more of that now. Some like Star and the Forces of Evil, where they're like mm-hmm. combining those two worlds. Yeah, more, we more we kind of yeah. we kind of like have come into this where we're doing it now, and this is this moment. But like for a while, it was like, oh no, now you keep your goth sensibilities here and mm-hmm. your cute things here and yeah. your action there. You want you want real adventure? Well, we're not going to give that to you in My Little Pony. We're going to yeah. give it to you in this other. You're right, and I like that about it. Mm-hmm. I feel like Pokemon was like the first stride because you know it's it's an action show about fighting and battling, but it's also about travel. There's and, and, there's, and then there's like a She-Ra little good. little critter, like a, the cutesy little mouse monster. But it was that, so much later on. You already had mm-hmm. Shira. You had, I mean, like. 
like yeah, Rainbow well, Bright she, she to like a different an, extent. An Amazon yeah. warriors with like swords and stuff. But she was cute. Was cute. Too. And then you oh, had wow. after that. I mean, if you want to have, if you want to have super cute with adventure, Sailor Moon. Oh yeah, oh, Sa- no, no. yeah, yeah, Sailor Moon. Sailor, Sailor Moon's Moon. definitely like, more bigger than Game Pokemon. Set I'm, match, I'm thinking Sailor more like Moon. chibi stuffed animals and also action. Uh, oh. Sailor Moon had those too. Oh, okay, okay. That was in Sailor Moon and uh, Card Captor Sakura. Yeah. Know? Oh, was that before? We, we, no, before came Pokemon? a bit at a uh, bit around the same time as Sailor Moon, but after Sailor Moon. But it was before oh, okay. Pokemon. Was before. I believe oh, yeah. so. Okay. It was around. I mean, come on, there was a lot of Pokemon stuff coming was also there. also a lot remember. of them come out in Japan and then America, and it's hard to keep track. Pokemon of Pokemon might exactly. have been first before Cardcaptor, like, yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that. And there stuff. was, I mean, before well, Sailor also, Moon, there was. Like, I don't know. There were other things. I mean, you can also look there. at DuckTales. DuckTales had that sense of adventure yes. as well. You know, like that's Tailspin had yeah. some Tailspin. of the cuteness with adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, there's more precedence than they're going to give it credit for, but I think right. yeah. I think Pokemon solidified it to an extent, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, you know, I agree. I think the show was definitely canceled too soon, and I, and I like exactly what you like about it. I like that it is cute, but it also is telling like a real story with like genuine adventure and weird high concept stuff um mm-hmm. i i appreciated that um, although i probably zeroed in on it more than anyone really wanted me to uh the whole bit with jamie and his mom actually does have real depth to it like they actually like someone someone on that one on that show had some issues and they put it into the film <laughs> the show and i'm glad they did um Yay. so i had a good time i had a good time uh winning uh sure this is one of those shows that I probably would have caught here and there, uh, you know, I'm in, in between trying to you know catch reruns of Bugs Bunny cartoons. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm, I'm waiting for Bugs Bunny to start. I'll watch a, a Fluppies episode. Yeah, and, and I would not have resented it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Glowing endorsement <laughs> from Winnie Sample. I, I might have bought a Fluppy. I had a Wuzzle. There you go. It was yeah. the same company, so you know, I had a not? Popple I and I loved it. Oh, the Popple! I, I never had a Popple. I just, I just had a Bumblebee. Popples were these uh, like uh, sort of plush. Uh, uh, like little s- spherical bumbleine was awesome monsters <laughs> yeah. or whatever. But like then you could like tuck them into themselves and they just yeah. became a ball. There's a pouch right. on their back and you could fold them up into the pouch and turn into a ball and throw them at your sister. I, I don't. Could... Know, a popular game during the '80s, or maybe it was just me hmm. being a child, was and and I also knew other kids who did this though. Is that you'd pretend to be a popple and you'd do it by taking a large shirt and just tucking your knees up underneath Aww. the side oh, yeah. of it. Like yeah, you pop that, it yeah. under the shirt and you're a popple now. You're all tucked in. And you get your head down under the shirt too, and then you're really popped in, you know. Try <laughs> Try get I, your arms in. Yeah. Popped in. No one can see me. No one can see me when I'm a pop. Once you pop. You can't stop. No. You can't. <laughs> Ever. We, we didn't do that. We just uh, when wearing a long sleeve shirt would uh retract one of our arms so we had one empty sleeve oh, yeah. yeah hold hold it in our you know active hand and then pretend like the alien was bursting oh yeah that's fun that's yeah. fun too yeah that was a treat yeah that, and then every those, once in a while those were all childhood games remember boglins <laughs> <laughs> i just want to say like i just want to do a whole nostalgia podcast hey remember boglins <laughs> Boglins were cool. Welcome to the Gen Y nostalgia. Boglins were hanging out with my creepy crawlers. Boglins were were rubber goblin puppets, and they were too pricey. I could not afford one, so I never had them. I had to buy my own toys. They were cool on the toy shelves. They were cool on the toy shelves. Anyway, that's canceled too soon. (laughs) 
Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to Cancel Too Soon. We're very grateful that you did. Please subscribe if you haven't had a chance already. Uh, leave us a review wherever you find us. That always helps the show. And if you really want to help out the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network. We have a lot of exclusive shows for you over there. Uh, back, seriously, we got, like I think, like hundreds of shows at this point. Like, you can go way back, and we have a lot of stuff. So... Uh, and you can vote for future episodes of Cancel Too Soon, uh, including uh, for, for next week, mm-hmm. we had a poll, and you, our, our patrons who love us <coughs> picked, oh. <laughs> they picked Lancelot Link, a secret chimp. Mm. That's the one you started to try to watch. I started to try to watch this. This one is going to be a chore. Mm. But I will do it for you. He loves you all so much. I do. Lancelot <laughs> Link's Secret Chimp was a spy program starring chimpanzees. Yep, in human clothes, and they were overdubbed by people very telling cute. very bad, often very offensive jokes. Mm. Uh, it was lot, a kid show. A lot of racial stereotypes. A lot. Like, super, like, from, from bottom, from the foundation up. Mm. Huh. Super offensive. Sounds so, awful. This is gonna be uh, this is gonna be a little uh, half slice yeah. of hell. Yeah, it's a part, part spy program, part Chimp variety show. Great. Secret agent. <laughs> bow, bow. Let's super chimp. Super. <laughs> bow, bow. <laughs> We're going to talk a lot about the, that weird phenomenon of old, old chimpanzee and other primates in yeah. mainstream entertainment in the 1970s. Ooh, are you going to talk about the ones that busted out in LA and like are roaming and will rip <gasps> your face off? Well, I mean, chimpanzee, <laughs> chimpanzees are really aggressive animals. Especially when, yeah. when they're yeah. older. Yeah, all the chimpanzees you see in movies and TV are, are actually really young. And they, they didn't like recover all yeah. of them because they were so aggressive and good at hiding. Yeah. Like, yeah, they just... They scatter. That happened yeah, with yeah. Uh, some of the chimpanzees from the Tarzan movies, and they're still like roaming around in the forest in uh, Florida. Nice. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that next time. <laughs> the, the chimp who played Cheetah got to live in an apartment. Nice. Mm. Like you've you've worked in these movies a long time. You're a 75 year old chimpanzee. You'll probably murder us. <laughs> you're, you're but how many place. faces did Cheetah get to rip off? That's a good question. Uh, I mean, they got to throw them a bone every once in a while. I mean, <laughs> literally. Uh, yes. Anyway, you can follow us on Twitter at Critic Acclaim. I am at William Debiani. I'm at Whitney Seibold. Uh, Michelle. I'm at underscore M Lopez de Silva. That's M L O P E S D A S I L V A. And yeah. and you can follow uh, the soap store Salt Cat Soap at Salt Cat Soap on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, Yay. you can find us on Etsy. Just look for Salt Cat Soap, all one word. And uh, uh, seriously, go, go go check out the soap. It looks really nice. Michelle made a lot of cool ones. And we make soap. We got so much soap, you guys. You guys, we have so much soap. And we got a new line of uh, uh, lotions as well. Ooh. Very nice. Yeah, stickers. Mm-hmm. A lot of soaps. A lot of soaps. And of course, you can find uh, uh, Michelle's book, Hooker, wherever yeah. fine books are sold. Ask your indie bookseller today. Yeah, actually help out your indie bookseller, especially now that things are opening up. Those indie booksellers really need your business, so they do. Head on over. There's, in fact, a, there's a website where you can order books and it like distributes the money to independent bookstores. That's great. That's I know awesome. about that. Uh, I, I think it's just called like indiebook.com or something. Yeah. Perfectly descriptive. Yeah, look it up. Look it up. We might we might have that slightly wrong, but that's awesome. I didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And uh, yeah, so Lancelot and Link's coming up. We talked about the Patreon. We talked about how cool Michelle is. She's very cool. Uh, Thank you. And, uh, yeah, you're nice. And if, if you had how a floppy, you? let us know. Oh you my actually, god, tell us about your floppies. If you actually owned a floppy. Floppy experiences. Yeah. yeah. If, you had a, if you had a storybook or one of like the records that came with the storybook. Yeah. Let us know. And uh, that's a wrap. We'll see you next season. Thank you.